Welcome to the Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson. Joining me is my guest, Philip Modest. Hello, Park. How are you? Hello. Doing good. good. Here we are, minute number 39, the 39th minute from 0 hours, 38 minutes and 0 seconds to 0 hours, 38 minutes and 59 seconds into the movie. In this minute, Peg fails to persuade Miles while Benoit Blanc looks on. Duke runs by, and this is a smokeless garden. This is a smokeless garden. (laughs) (laughs) With red lights, no less. Uh, Yeah, not a whole lot happens, but it happens fast. It does kind of happen fast. Yeah, we cover (laughs) a lot of ground. (laughs) So, literally. So, right um, at the beginning, I want to say, we get the punchline to last minute, if... Birdie's name is destroyed, then my name is... I'm sorry. It's Peg. I'm begging you. You gotta get her to make that statement. It is her only way out. And then we get the punchline, which is Miles' face. Would I swear, every time I watch this, it seems like Ed Norton's gonna say, like, I want to say Betty, you know, like he's, he's going to guess the name and he's going to guess wrong. It's going to be it's wrong. Gonna be yeah. So and wrong. then he just says, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then she's like, ah, it's a peg. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So we get a, uh, <laughs> uh it's peg. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she says, I'm begging you. Uh, or no, he says, I'm begging you. You gotta make her make that yeah. statement. You got you gotta get her to make that statement. And then he says it's her only way out, which I, I don't know. It, maybe he had me fooled here for a second, just for a moment. Right. Maybe I just I want to think the best. I mean, he obviously is supposed to be like like a jerk tech daddy character, <laughs> but I I did for a moment think, oh, is this like he is. Is he expressing concern for for Birdie? Has she gotten herself into some kind of jam? And he's saying this is her only way out, or possibly this is like her way out of like the life that she's got right mm-hmm. now, which is bad for her. I I really wondered, and and for a moment, I I began to think maybe I had to rethink Miles. Yeah, I I get that too, and I and I get I got. The feeling when I first watched it in this moment, similar to Murder on the Orient Express, where I thought the victim was going to be, you know, like the rat, you know, like the person that nobody liked. Um, yeah. So and it seemed like it was kind of heading that way where it was like, oh, maybe things aren't looking good for this dude. Um wasn't quite sure how I felt about it, but I but I just got that vibe, especially from this little bit of the scene. Um, and yeah. especially punctuated yeah. by when Peg does like the reverse FU Wakanda forever move that they have. You know, they, they cross their <laughs> arms and... Well, that was his... Yeah, that was his thing, yeah. That was his thing, right? That was his like disruptor thing. He's like, yeah, I disrupt you. Jerk. Right, but we like when he did yeah. it earlier, he kind of did it... He's in like a really, he was in a really tight close up and we just kind of see his hands. And here we see like the full arm thing. And I just, it just reminds me of the Wakanda salute and, but with an, a little extra <laughs> pizzazz at the end. 
The, I could think of a good portmanteau, but I'm not yeah. going to say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> just replace the W in one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting, too, to have Peg yeah. do that because it's, it's also like this goes with that earlier, like half-baked theory of her being a true suspect that like if that's a disruptors thing, she's not quite part of that inner circle. So here she is making yeah, fun of that, not a right? Yeah. I feel like in Miles' notion of what a disruptor is and what a valuable person is, because he's suggesting these are kind of one and the same, an assistant mm-hmm. really couldn't be a disruptor. No, by Unless definition. they blew up their boss's life. Yeah. You know, yeah, because it's their job to do what they're told. Right. Um. Which, to a certain degree, gives a lie to everything because they're all really Miles' assistants, and they're mm-hmm. all really doing what he tells them to True. do. Like, I don't really feel like Lionel has a lot of time to follow his own projects and do what he wants to do. And the, you know, I guess Claire does more. You know, I imagine that she has stances on things that have nothing to do with Miles, mm-hmm. and that you know matters. Um, but then but she yeah, ultimately has an answer to him. Isn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because he probably yeah. thinks he's doing... He probably thinks they are politically aligned. You know what I mean? Like, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's he sees himself as sort of a hippie guy, so, you know, everybody is entitled to, you know, a wonderful life, and I will give it to you. And And he's kind of maybe warped that into a kind of God complex of like, I am bestowing upon you all these wonderful things and therefore put none He's before so me. He's so vain. He probably thinks this song is lovely. He's so vain. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I, I'm excited. We get our first, I think our only of the week, our hourly dong. Yes, yeah, um, it's quite a loud. I I, wa- I should have checked this out. Uh, whose voice this is doing the? Oh, song. it's uh, it's uh, second, I was like, uh, Gordon Levitt. It's Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, that's very fitting. Yeah. That's his um, cameo. I, I guess he I always does a cameo in, in a Ryan Johnson movie. So this is how they got him. He in. is in. I, th- yeah, I think Brick. I th- since Brick, I think he's like always. Yeah. He's somewhere in a Ryan Johnson movie. I I do hope he is in. Um, he has a large role in the next one. I really do like. Um, I, I do like him a lot. I like his work a lot, and I I like see him in another Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. No, so that that's it. That's him, and then it like it does that at the same time as we're looking at uh, Blanc hiding behind this butt statue. So. <laughs> so it's like a butt wearing a thong. it's a butt wearing a thong but it's also a butt yeah. wearing a thong while we're hearing the dong so i mean my mind is going all over the place <laughs> but in one place um uh, it <laughs> this is a this is a reach but it it reminded me there's a there is another famous scene in a very bad film adaptation in particular <laughs> of a character hiding behind a butt 
while two other characters, male and a female, do a thing, which is from the terrible film adaptation of um, Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> okay. The Phantom is behind, originally in the, th- in the theatrical production, um, he is hiding behind Apollo's lyre. <clears throat> and then in the film, he's hiding behind the statue. Literally, he's behind a horse's rear end. Uh-huh. And uh, while um, uh, the the two romantic leads, who are not the Phantom, uh, are are uh, Christine and, and I'm blanking on the fellow's name. Ah, the non-Phantom dude. I can't remember his name either. Yeah, yeah. The, the handsome Blandling. <laughs> um, uh, they're... Christine is like telling him all about the a phantom and that, but she still likes him and not the phantom. And then the phantom says, um, it, it, let it be war upon you mm-hmm. both. And, um, it's real bad because Gerard Butler can't sing. <laughs> and, um, and it's not a very good move or anything. And I feel bad cause I, I do kind of like Joel Schumacher. He's made, he made some, terrible movies but i kind of like him and lost boys is fantastic but uh it really remind this scene really reminded me of that and it was so weird to see a scene that was so visually similar i wondered if it was a callback to the terrible adaptation <laughs> of phantom of the opera and it could only be to the adaptation because in the stage show it looks really different mm-hmm. but it does kind of look like that like they're up high and he's behind a statue of a mm-hmm. butt. Like it's got, it's got a lot of visual similarities. And of course here, obviously um, Blanc does not feel, you know, personally, obviously not romantically betrayed by these other two characters who also in this version, one does not like the other one and one does not care about the other one. Um, so it was really different, but visually it looked really similar and it, it made me laugh. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but, I couldn't believe it because everything in this movie feels so. I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, and I don't know what to root for if, uh, if it's just sort of like <laughs> butt kismet or, you know, butt statue kismet or what. Oh, yeah, it could go either uh, way. Yeah, <laughs> just like, well, way. you know, when we have a chance. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. If I ever meet Ryan Johnson, this, this will, will be, be my your question. question. And I, and I hope he'll be surprised. Yeah. Yes. He's either going to be surprised that you made that connection or so delighted that someone finally asked him. <laughs> like, yes! I hope so. I hope it's that one. <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to say it. Um, it's also... So that shot uh, is very funny. Um, and it's But it's also one of those things... I, I think I mentioned it earlier about how... Uh, it's a moment where we thought the camera was omniscient and then we find out that actually we have a point of view character spying, you know, and we're not quite most of the time. We're not quite seeing things from Blanc's point of view because we're seeing there's a shot reverse shot on Peg and, um, and miles, but you're right. There is, but we are, we also see them from the side at one point and then we'd realize, yeah, oh, that's blonde. And I think POV. it's, I, I, yeah. I get the feeling yeah. it's like, part of me wants to call it sort of a cheat, but it's an interesting cheat because the main thing you should be doing in these movies is trying to make interesting and entertaining movies. And 
I think that would get really hard to do if you were always establishing it was like, okay, so Benoit Blanc walks over here and then hides behind a statue and listens to this conversation. It was like, eh. I mean, you could do that, and I think some movies probably do it and probably do it okay. But here it's like it's just like a little bit I don't know how to how to say it exactly, but it's a it's a it's a interesting move to be like establishing shot on Miles and Peg. They look like they're alone. And then we find out actually our detective was listening to the whole thing. And so it just like recontextualizes it right then, but also gives us a little difference between some of the earlier scenes where just literally like Benoit Blanc walks into, you know, walks toward the pool or walks to this, uh, you know, this seating arrangement and, and, you know, is obviously there. So I, I think it's a good choice to, to mix it up like that. Use, use the skills and the tools you have. Yeah. I, I also just love the idea of like, there's a thing going on. And there in the corner is Blanc. Yeah. Here's some characters talking. And there in the corner yeah, is yeah. Blanc. And if you saw him, like, get somewhere and, like, hide, then you would... It wouldn't be surprising to see him. It wouldn't be funny to see him. You would just know that, like... You'd see him planning to be everywhere. Right. Whereas if he just sort of turns up everywhere, it's your... And you don't, you didn't see him do it. Not that it's like a huge mystery how he right. got there, but it does give the impression that like his eyes are everywhere. So he knows where stuff is going to be, and that's more impressive than he were. Just yeah, like, you just saw him decide to wait in a spot where he thought characters might get, might have a conversation. It's comforting that our detective is finding his way into those conversations, and yeah, and it gives him a little extra, maybe mystery, but also almost like superpower type thing. So yeah, I like it. Yeah. And yet, so <laughs> yeah, and yet, so unconcerned is he <laughs> that when he has a choice between pursuing Duke, who I don't think Duke sees him, no, but he he notices Duke run by him as he's walking away from Peg and Miles's conversation. He does not follow Duke because he would much rather think about what he just heard <laughs> and saw and walk over by like a reflecting pool area and or pond or whatever and have a cigar which we joked this beforehand but i really do get the impression that if the if the if the whatever sculpture or whatever hadn't yelled at him that this is a smokeless garden and and made him throw his cigar away he might have not this is a smokeless garden follow dude yeah he does Shortly yes. afterwards, he would have just like just stay there and enjoyed a cigar, and who knows what might have been different. Yeah, I, 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 I like that theory, and I kind of agree. And as I was watching this, I realized this minute, and particularly this part where he litters and the alarm yells at him and stuff, reminds me in a similar way to the part in Knives Out when he's in the car by himself singing on his iPod. Like, just yeah. just a moment. A little bit of unguarded. Yeah, unguarded and f- kind of being a goof or messing up or something. And it's an interesting, like, it, it, first of all, both things are, like, totally relatable because I think we've all sung in the car uh, too loud and we've all, you know, like, 
stepped too close to something that then the alarm goes off or whatever, or, you know, you've done those little faux yeah, pas yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, it's endearing in that way, but it's also like doubly endearing to be like, this is supposed to be like super detective. <laughs> this is supposed to be the guy yeah. who, you know, yeah, he mysteriously, you know, somehow magically appeared behind a butt and listened to this key conversation. But then the next instant, not even a minute later, we, we know, you know, 10 seconds later, litters and gets yelled at by like some sort of invisible robot <laughs> who knows that he's smoking and and it's i don't know it, it's the type of thing that you could totally have cut out you could have had him just follow duke like i, I honestly don't know why they didn't except that you just get this little like taste of character and i guess i'd when it really comes down to it, it's like, yeah, I'd rather have the character. I'd rather have yeah. that. Oh, I think this this is the little moment, the kind of little moment that really makes him a much more complete character. Yes. And especially a lot of detectives seem to be like, they just exist for the mystery. Right. And the only bit of kind of personal flavor we got of him has been along with that trope. The detective who is, who is listless right. and depressed between cases because... You know, I think he makes a comment about having like a a, a motorboat nowhere to. Or he, yeah, he's a racing car. He, does, he needs yeah, nowhere to drive. Or yeah, something. and yeah, nowhere to yeah, Florida or whatever. Yeah, and 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 that's you know again very very Holmes, mm-hmm. and but the and and so it's that he is kind of like that he is kind of you know living in his bathtub at the mm-hmm. time is not. It's a little bit of flavor, but it's not. Um, it doesn't buck the character trend at all, right. and it doesn't make him seem like it's, less of a brilliant so, detective. But him being kind of a goofball for a minute <laughs> and and doing an embarrassing thing is, uh, yeah, it's like it, it, it's endearing. It also makes him just feel more, yeah. Human. Well, it kind of, it, it kind of. This is a weird stretch, but it reminds me of some versions of batman where he like does go on fishing trips with alfred and dick grayson you know it's like Mm -hmm. yeah man he is a human being and in some in some version of batman you know they're always like talking about how he's all about the mission and he's figuring out everything out five steps ahead and stuff and it's like and that's cool and everything but like there comes a point with me when i'm like that is truly exhausting to the point that I don't believe it. I, you're, you're explaining so many yeah. things, so many things about this that it actually becomes unbelievable. You've made it so believable that it's unbelievable. You've explained it so much that it doesn't track. And like little things like this, I'm like, I kind of believe Benoit Blanc a little more because yeah, he, you need, sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you step in the wrong place and an alarm yells at you. And that's embarrassing. And and the yeah. movie and the character is so much better for it because for having it there. There's something about you mentioned Batman. And I, and I think of I appreciate this so much more in my 40s mm-hmm. uh, than I did when I was in my teens. <laughs> and I was much more likely to read Batman. Um, but the Batman TV show, which I also watched in reruns when I was a little yeah. kid. 
um, the old the old Adam West show. I mean, I'm also a giant fan of Batman the animated sure. series and Kevin Conroy is my Batman. But um, but the the TV show would show things like that and would also show sometimes him being Bruce Wayne and like villains kind of getting one over on him mm-hmm. a little bit or you know like being in disguise and him not noticing who they are really um catwoman did this in the movie and um in the 66 movie. yeah yeah and and it was endearing mm-hmm. he cared for someone as bruce wayne and you saw that he is more than just this he's more than just the great detective right and uh and and that you know, Blanc even says, "I'm not Batman." Yeah, I'm right. In this movie, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and and that you know, him him recognizing his his limits is is part of I think the same kind of character that would also you know goof up and not. It also really makes it like when later on at some point he talks about the difficulties in solving the crime or when why he might not solve right. a certain kind of crime. You know, when he talks about like how he's not good at like games or clue and um and that that that's part of this too and that that they all of these things make the other parts more believable and make his character more believable yeah yeah i I, I, that's it's those little things that just make me want to spend more time with a guy i'm i'm all for it yeah more more (laughs) well that's this relates to i mean we talked yesterday about we want uh out of a out of a out of a a third movie, third Benoit Blanc movie. I don't want to say Knives Out. 3. Yeah, right. This, this is, is it's, it's 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 Benoit Blanc three, um, which I think will happen after this one. I think people are learning more. Like you know, it's, it's they're not going to call it Glass Onion two. <laughs> That'd um, be so great if they called it Glass Onion two. <laughs> uh, what are your other uh, favorite Ryan Johnson films? Oh, um, uh, besides Knives Out. Um, I'm like you where, uh, brick was way up there for me. I did not see, yeah. I did not see it in the theater, but actually I remember the first time I encountered it was in a weird way. Uh, it was at a Halloween party and somebody showed up as the pin and, uh, who's, uh, I think it's Josh Lucas's character, you know, the, like the Kingpin kid. Right. It just it was a weird looking costume and he carried a little stick. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he's like, you haven't seen Brick? And and I was like, no. And and just something about that stuck with me so that when I had the opportunity to watch it, I totally did and absolutely loved it. Um, That is probably. I I hesitate to say my favorite now because I really have come around to like. Knives Out and Glass Onion in particular. I've watched Glass Onion now more than Knives Out, uh, strangely enough. But oh, but wow. Brick, I don't know what it is. Uh, it might just be convenience or just like I'm just in the right mood. But it's also my son really likes it. So we've it's, you know, I've come home and it's on. I'm like, oh, um, uh, but above them all, maybe just for the fact that I haven't seen it as much. Uh, I've always really liked Brick. I I think it's the right amount of like he kind of does this a lot, doesn't he? Where he's like, I'm parodying the genre, but also telling a really good story in that genre. Yeah, and and it yeah. it is 
it's a little creepier, but it's also hilarious. Like when Josh uh, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets chewed out by his quote-unquote chief, who is like the principal of the school, which is uh-huh. just totally a like you're a loose cannon, you know, leave your badge on the table. Like that's exactly what the scene is, but it's like this is the principal. Um, uh, yeah. No, yeah. and it's uh, yeah that one in particular. Not that he like peaked then, but uh, it was it. It's really cool and like very kind of closed off and hard to get your mom to like it, <laughs> you know, to like, Oh, it's about these teenagers who like yeah. are drug dealers and also noir characters. And she's like, what? Um, but yeah, that would be mine. Um, have you seen poker face yet? No, I've not seen poker face yet. I hear it's good. I haven't either. I like the special. Yeah. I've heard this one. I haven't watched it yet. It's, the one it's that's watched. more um, like, I, I've probably not seen it more less because I don't want to say it because I like, Natasha Lyonne and I and I like the idea that they're going for it's more just like I don't have the time and I don't even think I have that streaming service right now so I'm like well sorry there's a lot of stuff I gotta watch I yeah other things I've seen now I will say I probably like Knives Out has become my favorite yeah um and still I would say at this point more than Glass Onion I I think Glass Onion might have the the cooler story honestly Hmm. Knives Out, the like the um, the setting for Knives Out is just I love it so much, yeah. um, and uh, and I I really really enjoy the interplay between those characters. Um, yeah, it it even even a little more than Glass Onion, which is not to say Glass Onion does not do a great job with its cast, mm-hmm. and that their interplay is not fun because it is. Uh, and I really enjoy it. Um, no, it's a it's a definite. And, I mean, I yeah. I know some people who it's really good though. They're both really. Good. I know some people who have way strong feelings of you know they prefer the first over the second or vice versa, but I am not one of those people. I I feel like I am winning either way, and and maybe it's maybe yeah. I'm almost like not that. Sounds weird to say now when we're like hours into talking about this movie one minute at a time but it's like maybe i'm not like the biggest fan ever you know sort of like with star wars movies where someone can be like the biggest fan and therefore they know they absolutely love these but they hate these this i feel similarly to the way i feel about uh like the mission impossible movies where i'm kind of like you know all those are pretty good i'm kind of like yeah yeah i'm fine i'm fine i just keep making those great i i really enjoy watching them so i i'm i feel a similar vibe with this where like so far so good i'm i'm really down for this yeah i i don't love any of them so much that i'm not thinking the next one could be even better like it's i'm not right i'm not so devoted to one i i will say mentioning star wars i i his um ryan johnson star yeah. wars is the only one since the original trilogy that I like really, really enjoyed. Hmm. And, and the only reason I haven't watched it multiple times in the past couple of years has been that the last one was such a disappointment yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. That I'll, I'll just spend the whole time thinking about, this is all of the things I like about this are about to get there's all yeah <laughs> totally there's, like ruined or left behind I, yeah I like 
I like Last Jedi. I do not love it, love it. I think it's got awesome ideas, and some scenes are fantastic. Um, My ultimate opinion, I think, of that whole last third of the series is what I think doomed them, in a way, doomed them to, you know, $20 billion, but... What ultimately, like, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. hurt them was how saddled they were with the past. Like, right from the get-go, it kind of doesn't make sense. I, prob- I, sa- I probably said this on, like, yeah. the Knives Out thing, too, because if you get me around long enough, I'm going to say it. But, it, like, it doesn't quite make sense that you would make Kylo Ren the son of Han Solo. Except that, oh, we could totally get Harrison Ford back. So let's make him related. You know, it's like... Yeah, but story-wise, like, why would Han matter for that, really? Like, why would it really matter other than it would be cool? And so, right from the get-go, it's like, okay, so we've got Han in that one, then we get Luke in this one, then they were supposed to have uh, Leia in the third one, and it's kind of like, you know, you came up with some original characters who actually were pretty charming, (laughs) and their actors are really good, so why don't you just let them do it? Instead, it's all, like, so beholden to that and so for better or worse, Last Jedi does that, you know, like it, it does kind of honor those past things, but at the yeah. same time, it's kind of yeah. like, I wish they would have moved past it. I really wish they would have been able to have been like, and now we're telling our own story. Cause the, the, the original yeah, stuff is like they the best stuff. They could have let that break things and then kept getting different from there yeah. out. It does not hang together as a movie as well as. It feels more like a collection of bits mm. compared to everything else Ryan Johnson has done that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> like everything else that he's done that I've seen feels what? more like thematically and yeah. and plot wise, like more carefully put together and like it adds up into and, one. And thing. I don't know if that's and, and I don't know if that's just the problem of him being saddled with this bazillion dollar, you know, big time thing or you know versus he's making this all his own or what but yeah man i don't know i I do think it's funny how spoiler alert for the future so hold on everybody you can now skip but it's funny to me that this movie ends very similarly to almost the ending of the last jedi in as as much as the throne room the fate of the throne room kind of looks like what the set looks like at the end of this movie. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so maybe he's playing that 3d chess that way where he's like, Oh, but I made my own sequel to my other sequel by virtue of this sequel. <laughs> I would, I would love to see Mark Hamill come and play. A part <gasps> oh my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that's what he should do. That's what knives out three should be, or, you know, glass onion two. It should be, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Harrison Ford. Um, it should be all like Star Wars people solving some sort of mystery. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, everybody. It should either be like all the people from his movie or all the people who like, you know, online trolls hated, you know, like, um, oh, shoot. Uh, the uh, Kelly Marie Tran and... Um, Oh crap! She played. She's in uh, Jurassic Park, and she's the admiral, and um, you know, like all those type of characters. They should make them all like that, just to like tick off everybody. Uh, it tick off the right people anyway, 
and just yeah and then bring in mark hamill and he's a grumpy old man and yeah that would be something (laughs) well i i'm gonna call that the tops thank you very much for joining me (laughs) sure Philip, is there anything else you would like to plug here at the end of our fourth minute? Um, I would say uh, follow me on socials. I'm at uh, Philip Mata's and uh, you can find out more about my books, uh, the Psychic Barber Mysteries series, which are sort of standalones a la these movies, uh, except they're books. So you read them with your eyes. Check them out. You can follow us on social media at Glass Onion Men, all one word. Please rate, review, subscribe to Glass Onion Minute on your podcatcher of choice. And goodbye for now, Philip. We'll see you tomorrow for our last minute together, Minute 40. Dun, dun, dun.